Hi, I'm Pastor DeAndre J. Cross Sr., the pastor teacher of the St. John Baptist Church of Belle Place, Louisiana. Thank you for joining me today on the Renewing Your Mind podcast. Let's go into the sanctuary of the St. John Baptist Church and hear today's message. For the time that is ours to share today, I want to label today's message Strength for the Weary. Strength for the Weary. Weariness in the Christian life is something that we all experience at some stage or another. Sometimes it is impossible to give a reason for the weariness that we feel because we are just weary. Life throws challenges at us and we find ourselves struggling mentally and often helplessly because of the weariness that we feel. Truth is, beloved, if you are living and pursuing life and ministry with hope, passion, and ambition, then you will become acquainted with being weary and feeling faint. Many of you listening to the sound of my voice on today, you currently find yourself in green pastures and beside still waters. And if you are there, then I want you to consider yourself to be indeed blessed. But there are others of us today who, if we are honest about it, are not in green pastures. We are not beside still waters, but rather we are in the valley of the shadow of death or in the presence of our enemies. And because of our current location, it has caused us to become weary. I must confess that while weary is a destination that we all will reach at some point or another, it is, however, a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be because weary brings with it a level of fear, frustration, and even embarrassment. The fear is the fact that I know I'm reaching my breaking point, so I'm afraid of the place that I'm walking through. It's frustrating because it never seems to let up, and it's embarrassing because I know I'm stronger than this, more able than this, and my shoulders are broader than this. So embarrassing it is that I don't even want to confess that I'm tired, I'm frustrated, and I'm fatigued. Have you ever been there on this morning? Or are you weary now? Weary is the student who failed the exam. Weary is the couple who's contemplating getting a divorce. Weary is the employee that received the pink slip from the job. Weary is the patient who received the unfavorable diagnosis. Weary is the parent who wonders if their child is going to come home safe if he or she goes to the bowling alley. Weariness in the Christian life is something we all will experience at some stage or another. But the most dangerous part of weariness is it often leaves you wondering, has God 
forgotten about you and does God even care? This, beloved, is where God's people finds themselves in our text on today. Isaiah 40 is a pivotal chapter in this book. It is, as one commentator puts it, where grief ends and the glory begins. Having focused on God's judgment of Israel and other nations, Isaiah has shifted his emphasis to God's desire to liberate and bring his people a new era of peace and comfort. When you look at verses or chapters 1 through 39, you will discover that in chapters 1 through 39, Isaiah predicts trouble for God's people. But in chapters 40 through 66, he's sharing a message of hope and comfort. In other words, their sad days having ended, God was ready at last to bring comfort and deliverance to his people. This message of hope and comfort is very timely because God's people were discouraged. They, they were discouraged because they had been defeated by another nation. They had been taken from their homes and now they are living as strangers and exiles in a foreign land. They knew and heard that God still had a purpose for them as a people, but in their weakness, they began to wonder, can God's promises be true? Is God really able to come through on his word? And when you consider all that they had gone through, you can see why they were tempted to give up. And therefore, people of God, Isaiah writes, to his own people, a nation in exile in Babylon to, to remind them of what they already knew and to point them back to God as they await future deliverance. Isaiah chapter 40 is a prophecy of future deliverance, but the question that begs to be asked and answered is what do you do while you're waiting on God to deliver? And somebody watching today, you have been waiting for God to deliver you from some situation or some circumstance. And in your waiting, you have toyed with the thought of giving up. You become tired of waiting for your situation to change. And can I suggest to you today that while God may not immediately deliver you out of your situation, he will have ever give you the strength you need so to sustain you while you're in it. Our text today is telling to teach you and I that when you trust God's character, when you acknowledge your weakness, and when you wait on him, he will renew your strength. First, Trust God's character. Our text today opens with a complaint that God hears 
in verse 27. Their weariness is beginning to affect their trust in God and now they are beginning to doubt God. That doubt is causing them to complain about him and therefore he responds to their complaint of him by asking questions. He says to them in verse 27, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by God? Why, why, why are you complaining and whining, O Jacob, and saying that I don't know what you're going through? Why are you saying that I don't care about what you are going through? People of God, they are literally having a pity party. They are saying that God is acting like he don't see what they're facing. Say they, they, they say, God, God, you, you, you go and see about everybody else, but, but you continue to pass over me. You refuse to come see about, about me. God, you must have written us off. And before we become too hard on the children of Israel, we too are guilty of complaining against God. There are moments in our lives where it seems as though God is playing high and seek with us. We can't sense God when we can't feel God, when we can't find God. We begin to make accusations against him and complain against him. See, you can't be too hard on them. Because there have been times when we too have accused God of forgetting about us. We too have accused him of not loving us or not caring about us. We too have accused God of ignoring our prayers and dismissing us. We have accused him of being unfair and unjust with us. They are complaining against God and God now through the prophet Isaiah has to remind them of who he is. He has to remind them of what they should already know. And so he says in verse number 28, he says, have you not known? Have you not heard? He's asking rhetorical questions here. He's saying, I know you know who I am. I know you have heard about what I can do. So he says, uh, uh, let me refresh your memory. He says, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Since you, since you think that I have forgotten about you, I don't care about you are passing over you. Let me remind you of who I am. Now, I shouldn't have to remind you of who I am because you are my people. It ain't like you're the Babylonians. It's not like you're one of those who don't know me. But y'all should know who I am. So, so let me refresh your memory of who I am. Isaiah says, he gives us some characteristics of God. He, he says, 
to us that he is the everlasting God, the, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't faint nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He says, first of all, God, God is eternal. <laughs> that word eternal, eternal means that he has no beginning and he has no ending. He is the everlasting God. He is, he has always been and always will be. There was never a time where, where God was not. If you take a line and draw it from infinity to infinity, when you come to the end of infinity, there you will find God. He stands above and beyond anything that we could ever imagine. Why? Because God is eternal. Let, let, let me see if I can simplify it for you. One, one writer said it this way. To understand the eternality of God, you must consider your watch and God's clock. He says, your watch and God's clock are always out of sync. Because when you think that he's late coming to see about you, he's not. Because he knows the end before the beginning and he will not arrive too early and he will not arrive too late because God is eternal. God operates outside of time. God is not governed by our time, but God is eternal. And whenever God shows up, it is always the right time. Have I got a witness here? Because God is eternal. But not only is God eternal, but God is sovereign. He says that, that he is the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. This, this speaks of God's sovereignty. This speaks of the fact that God is in control of all things. This speaks of the fact that if God created it, God sustain it. If God created it, God knows what to do with it because he created it and if he created it, then that suggests that he is in control of his creation. And let me just say this because a lot of times we think that stuff, we think that things are out of control. When you look at the world around you, when, when you look this the fact that we are still in this pandemic when you look at what's going on in the uh, White House when you look at what's going on around us it seems as though things are out of control but let me encourage you with this line nothing is ever out of control because whenever God is always in control I said nothing is ever out of control because God is always in control and when God is in control that means that God can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, with whom he wants to do it with. God is eternal, God is sovereign, but God is also omnipotent. He says he neither faints nor grows weary. This, this means that he's always available. See, weary is what happens when you work 
to the point of exhaustion. When you've worked long, when you've worked hard, you become weary. But, but weary doesn't happen to God. We human beings get tired, but God never gets tired because his strength has no limits. He's never too tired to help us. And he's never too preoccupied with someone else's problems to listen to our own cries. His tank is never out of gas. And if I may put it another way, he never answers so many prayers in one day that he can't get out of bed the next day. No, God never gets tired and God never gets weary. And that's why we ought to always lean on a tireless God because we sometimes get weary. He's eternal, he's sovereign, he's omnipotent, but then he's omniscient. He, he says his, his understanding, Lord have mercy, is unsearchable. That means that God is all-knowing. He has perfect insight into our lives, which, which means that he understands Everything that we are going through. He understands those things that we don't understand ourselves. God understands all that we do not understand. God is never stumped by our problems. He's never baffled by our questions. He's never confused by our confusion. No, even when we don't know what to do, God always knows what to do because God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. Have I got a witness here? He, he's, he's, he's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's sovereign. He's eternal. And whenever we become weary in our lives, we cannot forget who God is. We cannot forget what God is able to do. We cannot forget God's character because when we trust, when we remember his character, it helps us to trust in his character. It helps us to trust in his ability and it helps us to renew our strength. There's going to be strength for the weary. You must trust his character. But not only must you trust his character, but secondly, if there's going to be strength for the weary, you must acknowledge your weakness. Acknowledge your weakness. Look, look with me at verse 29. Verse 29 says, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Verse, verse 28 acknowledges who God is, while verse 29 acknowledges what God does. God gives power to the weak. <laughs> and to those who have no might, he increases strength. That there are several words that I want to draw your attention to here. And those words are power, might, 
and strength. He says, he gives power. That word power means the ability to do what needs to be done. That then, then, then he uses the word might. That word might is the power to reproduce. And then he uses the word strength. That word strength refers to the ability to act in moments of crisis. Lord have mercy. When, when you put it all together, what he's saying here is that you will have whatever you need, whenever you need it, to do whatever needs to be done. Oh, I love it. I, I, I love it. But there, there, there's something else I want to show you. I want to show you here. No, no, notice, notice, he doesn't just give power. He doesn't just increase strength. But, but notice who he gives strength to. Notice who he gives the power to. Notice who he gives the might to. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. You, you see that? God distributes his divine strength to those who are weak. God distributes his divine strength to those who are weary. God distributes his strength to those who are faint. God does not give strength to the strong now, but rather he gives strength to the weak. He increases the strength of those who have no might. And if you think you're strong enough on your own, then you really disqualify yourself from receiving God's strength. Because when God hands out strength, he hands out strength to those who are weak and he increases the strength of those who have no might. In poor Richard's almanac, Benjamin Franklin wrongly argues that God helps those who help themselves. But beloved, can I tell you that that's not Bible? God does not help those who help themselves. He helps those who cannot help themselves. Because if you are able to help yourself, then there is really no need for God's help. And that's what Isaiah is saying to us on today. Isaiah is saying that God supplies his strength to those who acknowledge that they are weak. Um, some time ago, I decided to share my heart and my moments of weakness and my feelings and my faintness with some people who were close to me. And I allowed them to share back with me their thoughts on what I had just said to them. And to my surprise, one of them said to me, Rev, 
I don't think you should be so open and vocal about your moments of weariness and weakness by you sharing the fact that you are weary you run the risk of discouraging others along the Christian journey and after all you are the pastor preacher and if you admit your weakness and your weariness then what hope is there for me I went home that day saying, you know, that brother is right. Oh, but when I begin to think about it, I said to myself, if I don't admit when I'm weary, then how will I ever receive strength in my time of weakness? Lord have mercy. Because in order for me to receive his strength, I must first acknowledge that I am weak. It was then that I realized that there are two types of people in this world. There are those who are weak and acknowledges their weakness. And there are those who are weak but pretend they are strong because they don't want anybody to know how weak they really are. And maybe that's the reason God has not imparted his strength into you yet. Maybe the reason you are still feeling weak is because you are so busy pretending that you are strong that you don't realize that you are disqualifying yourself from receiving the strength that you need in your time of weakness, preach cross. And let me just say this again, but let me say it. Another way for those in the back who, who really didn't get it. Hear me when I say this. Strong people get weak. Y'all still didn't hear me. Strong Christians get weak. That's why he says in verse 30, for even young people tire and, and drop out. Even young folk in their prime stumble and fall. You ought to write it down. You ought to tweet it. You ought to put it on Facebook. Strong people have weak moments. But as the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, for my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my necessities, in my persecutions, in my distresses for Christ. Say, here it is. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I got to quit. I got to quit. But, but even strong people have moments of weakness. I got to quit. Let me say one more thing. And then I'm going to take my seat. If you're going to, if there's going to be strength for the weary, then you must trust God's character. If there's going to be strength for the weary, then you must admit your weakness. But thirdly and finally, if there's going to be strength for the weary, you must learn how to wait on God. 
You must learn how to wait on God. Verse, verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? The word wait here means to expect. It means to look eagerly for. It means to lie in wait. It does not for something, but for someone. This waiting is not passive inactivity. In other words, to wait does not mean doing nothing. It, it, it means that I am totally convinced that God is at work in this situation. And even though I can't see it at the moment, I'm convinced that he's working. And therefore, I will not let this thing overwhelm me because being overwhelmed will not solve the problem anyway. So I'm just going to wait until God answers. And if you're honest today, waiting is perhaps one of the hardest things for us to do even as Christians, we, we hate to wait. I know I'm right about it. Many of us, we've been in the house in this pandemic for six months. And we couldn't wait for the governor to say, we're going into phase three. Many of us, many of us want to be married so bad that we marry the first thing that comes our way because we can't wait for God to send the right person for us. Some of us take job opportunities that God never ordained all because in our eagerness we refuse to wait. Oh, but can I just tell you, on like the old church used to say, you can't hurry God. You just have to wait. You got to trust and give him time. No, no matter how long it takes, he's a God you can't hurry. You don't have to worry. He may not come when you want him, but he's right. He's right on time. Notice, notice here what happens when you wait on the Lord. When you wait on the Lord, the text says, he shall renew your strength. That word renew means to exchange one thing for another. When you wait on the Lord, God will in turn exchange your weakness for his strength. And that's good news for us today because it does not matter how desperate, how dismal, how dire your situation is. God has more strength than you have weakness. Not only does he have more strength than you have weakness, but when you wait on him, he will trade your weakness for his strength. And when he gives you his strength, he gives you strength to be able to mount up on wings of eagles, to run and not be weary, walk and not when, when you have his strength, you'll be able to mount up on, on wings of, 
of eagles. That this, this is what happens when you have so much energy and so much enthusiasm that, that you can't wait to get out of the bed on the next morning because you're able to rise above your problems with exuberant joy. He, he, he allow you to mount up on wings of eagles. He, he allow you to run and not get weary. When, when you run and not get weary, this is God God's ability that he places in you to withstand whatever enormous pressure that you find yourself facing. And when you come out of it, you'll be able to say, I don't know how I made it out of that. How I got a witness here. He'll give you strength to mount up on wings of eagles, to run and not be weary, and to walk and not faint. Walk and not faint. It speaks of the stability in the commonplace of the affairs of life. In other words, you will be able to get from day to day because he gives you the strength that you need. And the point, beloved, is simply this. He will give you strength as you need it. Who am I talking to today? Are you weary? Are you, are you wearing out? Can I tell you that if you trust in God's character, if you acknowledge your weakness, if you learn how to wait on the Lord, then the promise of the text is He will renew your strength. He will trade your weakness for His strength. God will give you what you need when you need it. Somebody here today, or somebody watching me today via this virtual worship experience, and you're saying, you know what? I've been going through my life and it seems as though my strength has been zapped from me. Seems as though every day that passes, I'm growing weaker and weaker and weaker. But can I tell you that there is some good news? The good news is God is standing waiting to give you the strength you need to be able to make it through your journey. God is standing with strength for your struggle. God is standing with open arms ready to give you strength for your weary heart. Thank you for listening to the Renewing Your Mind podcast. We pray that today's message was an encouragement unto you. Until next time, be encouraged.